Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. The Old Testament reading for the 11th Sunday after Trinity is from Genesis chapter 4. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I, am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, You have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. This is the word of the Lord. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves and that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, 
would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, beware of the spirit of Cain. Yes, beware of the spirit of Cain. It is a dangerous disposition, a dangerous way of thinking, and a dangerous way of living. Having the character traits of Cain. Yes, having those characteristics of Cain actually leads to our damnation. It leads to the pits and the abyss of hell itself. It leads to the destruction of the gospel and the condemnation of everyone around us. And yes, the spirit of Cain can even lead to death. The unfortunate reality, though, is that the spirit of Cain is way too common in the church and in the lives of Christians today. It is a common disposition because it is a part of our DNA as sinners It is also very seductive. We can get seduced by the spirit of Cain and without even knowing it, be on our way down that path of destruction. Now, what on earth am I talking about this morning? Well, I'm talking about our Old Testament lesson from the the book of Genesis chapter 4. This reading this morning that speaks about two individuals, two brothers to be specific, a brother named Cain and a brother named Abel. Cain, as we heard, goes the way of self-righteousness. He goes the way of trying to earn God's approval through his own works. Whereas on the other hand, Abel, he goes the way of faith, knowing that he cannot make himself right before God by his own works. And so it goes, Cain desired to be made right before God by his own works However, when God accepts Abel instead, Cain becomes jealous and his hatred for Abel was probably due in part to his own hatred of God for refusing to accept his own righteousness. And so as we heard this morning, Cain kills Abel. Yes, Cain kills Abel. Now, we not only hear about the two dispositions of Cain and Abel from our Old Testament reading, but we also hear about this in our Gospel reading as well, as Jesus tells us a parable. You see, Cain and Abel are not specifically addressed in our Gospel lesson, our Gospel reading from today, but the spirit of Cain and the spirit of Abel are represented and presented in our parable. Their dispositions are captured in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. In our gospel reading, we hear about two men who went up to the temple to pray. The Pharisee, he stood by himself and he was polished. Oh my goodness, was he polished. He had it all together. He was not a thief or a rogue. He was not an adulterer, but he was righteous. He fasted daily and he tithed generously. 
He was the upstanding citizen in that community. He crossed all of his T's and he dotted all of his I's. His life was so squeaky clean that he was confident to declare himself as righteous. In fact, he was so confident and he was so righteous that he felt as if he could set himself apart from all those other lowlifes around him. Oh boy, he was special. He was so special. So special that God should have thanked him, that Pharisee, for all that he had done and achieved. On the other hand, the other man, that tax collector, well, he was dirty. He was filthy. He was a reject. A tax collector was the worst of the worst during that time. He was a traitor to the Israelites, for he collaborated with those grubby Roman Gentiles by taking tax money from the Jewish people and giving it to those disgusting Roman Gentiles. And unlike that Pharisee, this wretched man, this wretched tax collector, he knew, yes, he knew he was nothing. In fact, at the temple, this tax collector, he took his fist and he beat him, pounded on his chest with his head hung low, saying this, O God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Not a sinner, but the sinner. The spirit of Cain and the spirit of Abel most definitely come forth in the actions and the lives and the words of that Pharisee and that tax collector. Indeed, the disposition of Cain lives on in that Pharisee, and that disposition of Abel lives on in the spirit of that tax collector. You see, the Pharisee, he trusts himself. He declares himself righteous, and he snubs everyone around him. He is Cain. And that tax collector... On the other hand, he comes as a sinner with his empty hands and sin, not even able to lift his head, and he is able. See, dear friends, what distinguishes the spirit of Cain from the spirit of Abel is that Cain and the Pharisee, they trusted in themselves, whereas Abel and the tax collector did not. You see, Abel and that tax collector come before the Lord as sinners. Cain and the Pharisee came before the Lord as self-righteous saints. Cain and the Pharisee, they come to give their best to God in order to be accepted, whereas Abel and the tax collector come to receive righteousness by grace, through faith, by the blood of another. Abel and the tax collector's acceptance before God was not a matter of their name, It was not a matter of their accomplishments or their place in the world or even their assessment of how faithful they were, and especially not a matter of their works and accomplishments. The tax collector and Abel's acceptance before God was determined by the blood shed for them for the remission of all of their sins and the sins of the entire world. So, considering all of this this morning, we must ask ourselves, a very important question, a very direct question this morning, and that is this, who are you? Who am I? Are you Cain or are you Abel? Are you the Pharisee or are you the tax collector?
You see, since the time of Cain and Abel, all the way back in that Old Testament, that spirit of Cain and Abel had been alive and well throughout the many generations. In fact, over all the generations, people will typically divide into two categories or two different dispositions. Some in the church go the way of Cain and others go the way of Abel. Now make no mistake, my friends, these are two different and radically different ways of approaching Christianity and approaching life. So again, who are you? Are you Cain or are you Abel? Are you the Pharisee or are you the tax collector? You see, if you trust yourself and are constantly taking inventory of your own accomplishments, if you see yourself better than those around you and think God is lucky to have you in his church, if you pat yourself on the back for every good work that you do, thinking that you are somehow earning brownie points before God, well, you are Cain. You are the Pharisee. You have deceived yourself, and you are trapped in an awful delusion. Therefore, if you are Cain, repent. Repent of this damning delusion. Yes, repent, for the only thing that you can give to Jesus is your sin. I repeat, the only thing that you can give to the Lord is your sin, nothing more. You cannot buy the kingdom of God, especially since the only thing that you can offer to the Lord is a treasure chest full of sinful thoughts and words and deeds. You see, dear friends, it is so easy, it is so easy to go the way of Cain, to be seduced into this way of thinking. It is easy to develop a sense of security by what we do, for we can convince ourselves that if we do enough good, that God will somehow owe us. However, instead of exchanging our good works for eternal security, what happens is that our halos get too tight, and we then develop a sense of arrogance, thinking that we're better than everyone else. And once arrogance sets in, we begin to deceive ourselves by trusting in ourselves and distancing ourselves from the gospel, the gospel which is only for sinners. The tax collector and Abel, they know a different way, though. Not one that looks to be right before God by being smart enough or good enough or pious enough, but rather a wholeness. It's a wholeness and forgiveness that comes from God as gift. Consider the tax collector's prayer this morning for a moment. He prays while beating his chest. And he says, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. You see, the tax collector and Abel knew that they were nothing before the Lord Almighty. They knew that they were absolutely nothing. And so it is necessary for you and me to lay hold of our nothingness before God this morning. This is the reality that we're faced with in our sermon today. We cannot make ourselves right. We cannot barter with God, and we cannot do anything to acquire eternal life. Therefore, we must come face to face with the deepest reality that we are powerless and we are helpless. Yes, we are helpless before the Lord. We are beggars at the door of God's mercy. And being a poor beggar, like Abel, And like that tax collector, 
Well, it may frighten us. It may frighten us for this lack of control and this vulnerability exposes us for who we are, who we truly are, and that is sinners. However, knowing that we are able and like that tax collector is not the end of ourselves, but it is the essence of what it means to be alive. You see, dear baptized saints, to be alive in the Christian faith is to be aware of our sin, to be aware of our helplessness, to be aware of our brokenness, and to know that we are poor, miserable sinners and thought, word, and deed is to stand in need of the Lord's grace. Only when we recognize the malady of our sin are we then able to receive and to rejoice in the Savior who comes for sinners, who comes to save and forgive sinners such as ourselves. Indeed, being honest about our powerlessness and sin keeps us in touch with the neediness and the truth that we are forgiven sinners. Yes, keep in mind, getting honest with ourselves does not lead to despair and hopelessness, but it shows us our need for a righteousness outside of ourselves. So what this means is that to be alive is to know our sinful condition. To know our sinful condition is to stand in need of grace. And as we stand in need of grace with our hands open, the Lord does not hold back. God be praised, the Lord does not hold back, but he pours grace upon grace upon us. And it is only through grace that any of us can rest in the fact that we are justified, justified and made righteous by another one, another person's sacrifice. You see, God is merciful to that tax collector. He is merciful to Abel, and he is merciful to you and me too. Yes, the Lord justifies the ungodly. He declares sinners forgiven. He forgives sinners with tilted and bent halos, sinners such as you and me. You who lie in the dust of your sin, you who have tilted halos, you who beat your chest, who confess that you cannot do anything but sin, you who feel the weight of sin are forgiven in Jesus Christ. You are justified for Christ's sake. You are righteous for Christ's sake. For the Lord declares this to you from his word. You, dear blessed saints, each and every one of you, behold, you are the church of Abel. Yes, you are the church of Abel. You are the church of the tax collector. For we are sinners that gather here this day to receive the Lord's declaration that we are forgiven we are here this day to receive the body and the blood of our Lord that saves only the damned, that forgives only sinners, that speaks of the one who justifies sinners and embraces sinners as his beloved saints for all of eternity to tell us that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So we come, so we come before the Lord with Abel. We come before the Lord with that tax collector but we all leave this church. We leave this church service and go home justified. For Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our life. And Jesus is the friend of sinners. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word speaks of
us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.